This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It's Sunday Night Storytime. Hi, friends. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in every week. This is the attempt to ease you out of the week that was. Help you ease into the week that will be. With a nice little bedtime story. A story about people. Keeping with the theme. This week I brought a guest with me. His name is Ryan Lindley. He's co-host of the Dean Mundell Show on the Cryer Media Network. He's also got his own show called The Lynn's Report. He's also a foodie, food critic, food writer, makes food, amazing chef. And I tasked him with coming on the show today to tell a bedtime story within one of these categories, but he didn't tell me what he wanted to talk about. He just brought it in. I said, I I want you to surprise me with what we want to talk about. He said, well, we're going to talk about food and travel, something that's very near and dear to my heart. Not quite as much as him because he's a foodie, but still. It's Ryan Lindley, and today, this is a story about Anthony Bourdain. Ryan Lindley, welcome to Sunday Night Storytime. How are you? I'm great, pal. How are you? I'm really, really good. This is uh, the second episode in this series of Sunday Nights, where we're going to try to mellow people out after the week that was the madness around the world and then looking forward to the week ahead we want people to be able to just kind of chill out and put some sounds and a little bedtime story into their brain before they crash for the night and i thought well let's bring the soothing sounds of mr lindley on to tell a story today to the people and maybe we'll help them ease off into their week you know so i shouldn't talk like gilbert Gottfried then that's what you're saying I mean, you can do that at the very end and wake them all back up, kind of like a, kind of like I got you, but yeah. you don't have to do that. You can, you can do whatever. But I will say this: uh, there will be a selection of people on with various kinds of voices. However, in this case today, I've brought the silky sounds of you, because I figured you, you know, you're gonna help the people ease in here. You know what now- I'm saying? And now I'm con- I'm completely uh, self-conscious, so now I'm going to stutter. I'm not going to say uh, <laughs> anything proper. It's going to be great. Good job. So the other side of this, as mentioned in the intro and, and as we're going through this process, is I want to have a discussion. Uh, it's a story time. It's a bedtime story. But I actually don't know what you're bringing to the table. I thought so, that was kind of fun. I like that. Yeah, part of this. this is this is a cool thing. I don't know what you're gonna, what story that it is that you want to tell, but I'm hoping that I can contribute to it. But regardless, it'll be your story to tell about someone who does, someone who did, or someone who will. In keeping with the theme of the Do Did Will Story of People podcast. So, right. my friend, why don't you get us started with Sunday Night Story Time? So you gave me the option, and you and, and opened the door and said. It's up to me who we talk about. And you gave me such a long um, period of time to come up with something, which was, I believe, was about 45 minutes. Uh, so thanks exactly. for that. 
Yes. Um, we don't we don't mess around. You know how that works at the at the at the uh, network here. It's go I, go go. That's right. And I thought, you know, there must be somebody that we can have a discussion about that crosses both of our uh, interests uh, very well, and I think would end up being good fodder for uh, discussion. And it has to do with your passion and mine, and that would be cooking and travel. Amazing. Who am I thinking of? Anthony Bourdain, potentially. Correct. You got it. Right. I, had a, I had a feeling you were going to pick it. So and how, how perfect is that for a discussion between you and I, the, the, the food snob that I am, and the travel uh, bug that you are? But Who also enjoys food, but not as much as you likely I would, and it's funny, I'm, I'm not even a huge food eating guy. I know it's very uh, weird to, to look at me and say, that guy, he likes to eat. I do. I like to taste food. Right. I'm not a big eater, but I do like to make it. I love cooking and I love feeding people, right? So, and I also, I also do love travel as well. It's just a matter of uh, situations are different between us. Yours is for a job. Mine is not. Um, but Anthony Bourdain uh, covers both spectrums so well, so well. And it started with him when he was a young lad and his parents used to bring him to Paris, him and his, his siblings. And they, they used to go and um, try different foods and try different and things. And, and like he was saying that his, uh, his, his, I think it was his brother, wasn't a big fan of trying new things, but he was the first one to, if it was weird, if it was odd, he would grab it and eat it just to like that mm. impression, like to make an impression on, on his parents, almost like he was trying to impress them the entire time. And uh, that's where his love of food came in. And uh, he want to talk about, if you ever, you ever want to mimic or pattern yourself against somebody, I would say, other than the, <laughs> the drug addiction, uh, mm -hmm. I would say Anthony Bourdain's experience in life is one to be admired just due to the exposure that he had. And I've always said that the cure to any sort of stereotyping, racism, xenophobia, anything like that is travel. Go and experience oh. the things, right? Go do the things uh, that, that people do that you have a preconceived notion of a certain uh, country. Go and check it out. Like, see if it's true, if what you've heard is true, which is what you do, right? So, and then learn how to cook along the way, because I'll tell you, it's one of the best skills you can have in the world is learning how to cook. So It's not easy for people to, I mean, it seems daunting. Both of them are daunting. If you don't have a job that, that, that you can travel with, then you have to save, you have to, you know, you have to build up to this, and then you got to pick your spots. And going to Belize or potentially... You know, met uh, one of the islands in the Mediterranean, and going to Maldives or going somewhere like that is such a daunting idea that a lot of people shut it down and they mm -hmm. won't go there. And it's back to Cancun and it's Florida and it's it's Paris and all great cities or great spots within themselves. But it can be daunting to to have that because you really have to plan it out. Especially if you have a family and you you've only got your three weeks a year off of work, you really have to pick your spots. So. For me, I'm, I have the benefit of traveling for work, but I do get great joy out of cooking. And it's one of those things in the world that you do and it, you, your brain generally turns off and only focuses 
at that time. And it's one of the only things I think in the world where you can do that. Uh, outside of maybe somebody plays sports, they play golf, they, they do whatever, but cooking mm-hmm. itself, you really got to focus on every step of the thing because you've got to get the taste right. You got to get the, you know, it's more salt, less salt, the, the spices you spent three days getting it ready. It's a whole commitment. You're using every single sense that you have right. to, to do it, but it's really, you're right. You shut yourself. Like I turn, I put music on, I'll put something on in the background, uh, even podcast. I'll throw a podcast on if I'm, you know, and and you just you zone out, right? So hearing the way he did it, and you can tell where the passion was, was where it was. Uh, it was obviously from his, his younger days as an American in Paris. But then to move on to working in as a stodge in a kitchen somewhere, like just didn't care. Just get me in the kitchen. Let me let me run with it up to the point where he was working at Leal in New York and wrote Kitchen Confidential, which mm-hmm. later on in his life he regretted a little bit. Some of the things he he had retracted, some of the statements, because he was a bitter chef, right? He was just a bitter guy. And he, I think he realized that, uh, yeah, maybe he was being a little... Uh, a little hasty and a little, you know, when he was saying don't buy seafood on a Monday and making all these, uh, these, these rules up as, as, as he went along in his book. But I think the travel and the exposure to, you know, going to some place in the middle of like Northern India in some mm. remote village, uh, where people were eating out of dirt pots and, you know, it's like, Maybe now I can check myself because I just ate the most delicious curry I've ever eaten in my life or the mm-hmm. best gram masala was made in front of me on a brick. You know, like so I think you realize that the pretension falls away. You become, I think you become a better, you become a better cook and a better chef uh, by learning how to do it with a rusty dull knife. Well, and those and people a, aren't cooking for anything. They're cooking for their family. Yeah. Right. And they're cooking for the village or they're cooking for the town, you know, and they're sharing recipes within itself. And so I think the, the beauty about his show is um, giving you well, give you give you cause to go and check out some of these places because it is easy to go to these places and and find local foods if you're into it. It's a little tougher for me. I don't have the palate that, uh, you know, that that would probably be that appreciate what I'm have exposure to. Are you a full munch? Are you a full munch cake when it comes to food? I'm doing my best, man. I'm doing my best, (laughs) but I have my moments and, you know, I'm in Saudi Arabia right now and I went uh, walking through Riyadh today a little bit and had a few little samples of local stuff and, and breakfast in the hotel is North Americanized, but there are some local dishes and all the chefs are great. And, you know, they, they came over to me and I, what do you want? And I said, bring me what you think, I should have locally, but I don't have uh, the palate for like, you know, super spice. Like I don't have a palate to be boiling my face off or anything like that. Even I'm going to India in a couple of days, so I guess I'll have to figure out a way to do it. But, um, but the like vegetarian food. I am. I'm. I'm. I. I would. I am actually more vegetarian on the road than I am anywhere else. Because so then you're you're gonna fit right in in India because some of the best vegetarian dishes in the world come from India and. Even even uh, carnivores like Gordon Ramsay will be the first to tell you where he would he would make fun of it, and he would uh, knock them. Yeah. And then he did a special where he was traveling through India and he ate 
some of the best food he has ever eaten where he says I was I was completely wrong. My my like I'm thinking we're all just eating rabbit food right. rather than delicious Indian cuisine that is absolutely meatless, right? So yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I'm I'm a big you know, I'm a, I, I, I have to be for health reasons. I can, I just can't do seven days in a row of meat, so I have an right. opportunity with having local catering and all the markets is to to you know, to do that and have mm-hmm. as much local and be as vegan as a vegetarian as I want. I wouldn't go as far as saying I would be vegan on the road, but I'm definitely veggie on the road as much as right. I can be. Um, and so Anthony's show became fascinating because you, to me, I was like, what, where do you, how did you find, how do you get into there and find that, you know, and then taking these recipes and taking these things back and showing people it's 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 a two fantasies there. There's travel it was, and food. It was funny because he he covered every corner of the of the planet when it came mm-hmm. to um, culinary places, and and I think it was a leapfrog approach where he would meet with somebody who knew somebody, and then would refer next, and then they would refer somebody next, and that's how he kind of made his 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 way around. Plus, his international like he was internationally known, right? So people were. I'm sure offering, you know, hey, I've got a great idea. Why don't you go see my friend? He's an executive chef at some place in, in Real or so, you know, wherever, you know, like he just, just go there. And it, he just, he, he brought, um, it was his narrative. It was the way his storytelling was. And that's what really drew me in. Yeah. I became a fan of his. And I actually emulate it when I do uh, voiceover work, when I do, um, writing creative writing for like right now this project that we're doing for the niagara wine festival um when you hear it it's in the spirit of anthony like you would be watching uh one of anthony's shows like it didn't matter what show he did it always had that same style there was a bit of snark there was a bit of um dry humor and wit but it was always interesting as hell you know like you always like you were like wow i didn't know that about that place or i didn't know any, I understand why he's so passionate about going there now because, and then you want to go, like you want to do mm-hmm. that. When Anthony died, I literally looked at my wife and I said, "I need to be, I need to be next. I need to be him. And if I can't be him in the same capacity, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna enjoy it." You know, so. And you make do- po- you make posts, and your food is always always amazing and super, you know, appealing on there. And and I guess if you you would benefit even more if you had an opportunity to travel more my guess would be oh yeah you know. oh for sure um i did a uh oh, that's the wrong i was gonna say i'll pull it up i did a uh, a post once uh because i on on crier.co which is formerly the dean blundell.com website i do all the food and beverage stuff on there and we uh we uh <laughs> i said i'm gonna i'm gonna write a post and it's gonna just gonna be about a burger Gonna write about yeah. it, plain old burger, and it was the diner burger post, and it, it it exploded because I wrote it as though it was a narrative from that show, like where he would, because if you ever watch his show, he was he was great at he he because he only be especially like the show like he did that one called the layover, yeah, and he could only be in so many places in a certain amount of time, so he would go to where he wanted to be, but he would send two other crews out to go and visit other places and then narrate what was going on in those places. So it was, I wanted to do it in the style of that side narration where he was in a greasy diner where the, and, and describes the burger where you can actually, while you're watching, you can smell it. 
Like mm-hmm. you can like your nose just your 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 brain plays fun tricks on you when it comes to to food, right? And and when it's described to you properly and methodically, and it's almost like he 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 dug into your brain <laughs> and rewired it so that you could smell a vision before it was a thing, right? So, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I like him to like a Steinbeck as an author, but yeah. like an author on words. Like you can go to a, a place with Steinbeck where he would explain, you know, in a time to kill or not a time to kill. Uh, sorry. Um, uh, uh, Lenny with the rabbits. Um, uh, of mice and men. Mice and men. Would, yeah. He would explain. Uh, he would explain the open fields, but then just how he ended up breaking it down. And Bourdain was a bit like a bit like that, where it's like um, you could taste the salt. In you the could air. taste it in the air. Yeah. You know, and uh, he was he was great. And I think that that's the mastery of 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 those those people that can tap into that. Yep. But I think it was the the curiosity of like, how did he get there? And like, it's always easier to do these things when you have a show and you're starting to make money and you can get paid to travel to do things. But, um, I, I did the same thing with coffee. That's what started me on that now on the Dean Blundell network was my search for, for coffee, the best coffee. Well, they're like, you need to find all the best coffee in the world. And I was, I'm like, I'm doing that. You need to talk about it in a podcast. I'm like, no one wants to hear that. Speaking of putting people to sleep, I can't do 200 episodes of coffee, but it ended up actually planting a really good foundation for me because I actually legit was finding all these best coffee joints in the world. Yeah. And what's happened now, you know, not to get too far off here, but because, you know, sticking with that Bourdain theme. And I was, it's funny that you bring him up because I was thinking about him today because I, someone was talking to me about the, a, a certain coffee here in Saudi Arabia that's made with sand like boiled sand, like you take the boil, like there's a whole process about how mm-hmm. they do it. It's very famous for this region. Um, and I was, I, oh my God, th- that's a full on Bourdain discovery, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to put, and I'm transferring my old YouTube page over to more of this kind of travel discovery phase of things. Yeah. And um, it's totally rooted in that Bourdain-ness of like trying to find, things in deep markets that no one else could possibly find, but might be the best drink or best uh, coffee I've ever had or, or, or experience, you know? So, yeah. So, I think did you try, left, uh, so you tried it? Did you try the same? We couldn't find it. Oh. We couldn't find it. And, and a couple of people were telling me today that, it, you know, it is cold here right now. So they're like, it's more of a hot thing because, you know, you're, it's, it's, it's kind of, it boils for like, a long time and there's something about the process to making it like it takes six months to make it 
holy yeah it's wow, a whole are you serious? it's a whole thing so when, by the time you go to drink it they've already been making it for six months okay so <laughs> apparently i've got a i'm still on a mission to find it even tomorrow you yeah. know and try to try to document it in some capacity if i can but i've got abu dhabi coming up and a few other places so maybe i'll be able to find that in those areas but it definitely is bourdain inspired yeah um, it's it's one of those I, I i can you you never would see yourself doing it on like obviously without a television show but i could see doing it i can see him doing it where he would just show up meet somebody that says hey my mom makes the best whatever insert yeah. dish here and he's like, take me to your house. Take me to your mom's house. Let's cook. And ends up in that kitchen. I I just, I think that's the, that's the variety and that's the spice. That's what you need to see to overcome a lot of, um, like those, those baked in stereotypes that you have of certain cultures that you mm-hmm. have of certain people. I, and travel, travel and experience in, in immersive experience in a culture is the cure to what ails you you know like when it comes to to that kind of uh uh issue and and we're seeing a lot of it now like we we've never been so divided as a as a society when it comes to um that that sort of thing and and anthony bourdain was the guy that would put all that aside sure he would go to russia and hang out that one guy that he used to do all of his Russian or Baltic uh, mm-hmm. uh, things with that one. He was so funny, but it was just to break down certain stereotypes. Sure, you know, Putin's governments. A, but a, people a need to see that. I just had this discussion today on like with Army Chris and those guys, and you guys can check out like uh, the Army Chris uh, show and Eager Beaver on the network. But um, they were talking about travel and a few things, and and I just I had to say. You know, everyone's the same around the world. Everyone's exactly the same. You can remove politics out of the equation, and this show is not political by any means. But the idea is that we're all the same. We all want to, you know, try great food. We all want to take the kids to the park. We yeah. all just want to make a living. And, and, and you know, if you have an opportunity to travel for work like me, great. Work towards it. It's one of the best, most rewarding things you could possibly do. Has right. its cons. You're away a lot. All the rest of it. But you get to experiences food coffee and and people all around the world and i'm in one of the most polarizing countries in the world right now in saudi arabia i've never felt safer in my life and everyone's been wonderful you know right and 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 that being said of course there are a lot of social issues that are, are ongoing where you are so we come from a point of and 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 i say this from like i if i don't think any i don't think a uh, a white american woman would have been able to do what Anthony Bourdain did in a lot of sure. places that he went, you know? So fair enough. It's, it's, it, we, we come from a point of, of ignorant privilege, uh, that we are lucky to have, but at the same time, we, we, we recognize that, that we have it, you know? So it's, and I think that was one of his big things was to try and smash that. Even, even if it was just him talking to somebody uh, that that believed in in that sort of a um, and again I don't want to get political either but getting that sort of mindset out of their minds like say listen it could you could have it could be better just love everybody do you know yeah. just feed them have a good time and he was he was just he was great at 
connecting with people. It didn't matter who they were. It didn't even matter if he could speak their language, if he had an interpreter with him. Even that, you could see the people just hanging off of him in a conversation because even through an interpreter, because of how expressive he was and how and how he was able to deliver what he was telling you. He could, was, be tell, he could be handing down a sentence of, of, of a life sentence in prison to somebody yeah. and they'd be like, wow, thanks, well, Anthony. You know? it's, it's, like, it's, like getting, it's like getting bad news from an Aussie. Like if I'm if someone's giving me bad news, I want it from an Australian right or away. Morgan Freeman, right? It's like I want an Australian coming up to me, going, "All right, well, that was great. But you don't have much time left now, do you?" Like, right? And you're like, "Okay, sure." That I'll sounds take it. happy, right? Right. It sounds, it sounds like a good time. So, what uh, what's his legacy then as a cook overall? You've got your Ramses and your Jamies of the world, and and they all seem to get along, and there's a bit of competition, and who has the best show. Um, uh, but uh, what's his legacy overall as a as a chef, a cook, you know, or is he more he, is it the TV thing and and what he brought to the to the people in that way? No, a lot of people don't realize what an actual accomplished chef he actually was, and what a great cook he was. And he always referred to himself as a cook. He never referred to himself as a chef, even when somebody would call him chef. Um, he, he's, he's I'm just a cook. I'm just a cook. But uh, you look at you look at his best friend Eric Repair. Um, and, and you 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 would watch them cook together in certain they would do special things here and there where both of them would be cooking and Eric would be blown away by because you don't you're right you don't look at you don't you don't think Anthony Bourdain cook chef you think Anthony Bourdain um world eater you know <laughs> and he was just smart about the food but he was he was an accomplished chef his legacy I think is the marriage of the two, uh, the travel and the um, the culinary um, discoveries that, that he made along the way, uh, which he probably didn't really discover himself. He knew about, but he wanted to show you, and he had a way about it. Again, I can't say it enough that that was inspiring to a lot of people, a lot of chefs. My brother-in-law is a is a Red Seal certified chef because of Anthony Bourdain, um, and. Wow. Yeah, that 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 happened before, um, you know. Ashley and I were married, and it was just it was a neat thing. It was like, oh, you love that guy too, because he's like he's my dude. He goes, you think he's your dude? I'm in this job because of him, you know. So mm. it's uh, it's a, and he I don't think he realized it. I don't think he realized just how powerful of an influence on people, culture, mindsets he really was. And it's a, it's a real shame, and it, and it all goes back to to certain mental health things. Uh, the industry is absolutely abhorrent when it comes to drug use, um, uh, addiction problems. Uh, just just it's a, it's a it's a hotbed for, uh, the, for the, that. the cooking the cooking industry or the travel industry. Uh, I don't know about travel. I don't want to speak on that one. I mean about yeah. uh, cooking. Um, yeah. I'm sure travel <laughs> would would have its uh, moments as well, and especially in the industry that you're in. Sure. Um, but it's cleaned up. It's cleaned up a bunch since COVID, for sure. I would imagine as much. Yeah. Uh, but um, kitchens have always been notorious for um, being hotbeds for uh, yeah. addicts, just because it is a. Uh, it's it's. It's almost a say. It's like anybody that wants to get into it, it's a very sadomasochistic um, profession to want to to get into, knowing full well what you're getting into. Like in Kitchen Confidential, where where Anthony's first book, where he would 
he spelled it out. It was it was a chapter called A Day in the Life. And he mapped out his day from 4 o'clock in the morning getting up all the way right to the end to 10 o'clock at night having a nightcap at a, at a, at a bar down the road from, from Leal. Yeah. Or sorry, Les Halles, as he says in the book, just because suppliers used to always send him the wrong food because they didn't know what restaurant he was coming from. But uh, he would he would map it out, and you would think, who the hell wants to get into this? Who would do this voluntarily? Because, yeah, once you get to an, like a Sioux or an executive-level chef in a, in a, in a nice uh, established place, sure, you're going to make some good money, but you're going to put the hours in. It's going to take you decades to get to that plot in – it's all about the passion. It's all about the food. It's all about that fairy tale, that, that, that weird, um, it's almost fictional. Like when, when you think about it, everybody thinks mm-hmm. they're going to be the next Anthony Bourdain or the next Gordon Ramsay or the next, you know, Eric Repair or whoever, you know, like you're going to be the next owner of the French Laundry in, in Napa Valley. Like it's, you, you just don't see any other way around it. And I think that's the drive that keeps people in it. And I find that inspiring as well i think that like that's a dreamer that's an adult with a dream it's hard to find adults that have dreams you know and when you can really tangibly try and 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 get an attainable goal like that and and be as passionate about it as you are without burning out spinning out into a gutter and becoming a, a heroin addict like he did luckily pulled himself out didn't fix all the problems but clearly you know it was yeah. one of those those things so yeah it's uh it's just it's a, it's an inspiring thing so well his legacy lives on i definitely try to uh emulate him to the, to the standpoint of trying to find all the best coffee in the world it's a very random thing to do i love it um, uh, but it's i also take pictures of manholes in every their man manholes covers, manhole covers in every city oh Okay, I thought it was as a, a different as podcast. A thing. No, no, <laughs> no, that's Lachlan's. That's Lachlan Cross's new show. You know? yeah. But uh, no, we. Uh, but I, just unique things about travel, and that that's one of the things that I pulled in. I'm like, you know, I'll never have a show like him or anything like that. But yeah. if I can do five minute hits where somebody has visited a coffee shop that I recommended that they go see, then then great mission accomplished yeah, and i think sure. by by your writing and what you're you're posting on the network and and the rest of it if, if someone i'm sure sends you a pic on uh on twitter or whatever they do and they tag you and saying hey ryan i, I grabbed your recipe and i i listened to your soothing voice talk about it. it or or write about it and here's what it looks like because you know tiktok i do get it all the time and that's got to be a hell of a feeling so it's it's, it's like, neat it's weird know. it's it's actually i become very um it's almost self-conscious. It's like, oh man, I really hope it was good. I really, yeah. really hope you didn't, like, I hope you're just not being polite. It's weird. It, it is a weird feeling when you see somebody do something that you created. Sure. It's almost like, I, 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 I liken it to a, a singer on a stage and the yeah. crowd sings back at them. You know, like that's gotta be like a, a similar feeling where it's like, this is, must get weird. Like it's gotta be weird for everybody at first, but then really cool at the end. So, so given, all the travels and the places that he's been and the food that he's eaten and the recipes he's put up and all the rest of it. Is there a favorite of his? Have you tried it? Will you try it and put it up for the reader and the listener to check out? Because all the stuff you put up so far looks very tasty 
And I'm curious mm-hmm. if you're if you're gonna keep going down that path. I'm yeah, and it, it, it's it's a daunting one, uh, and I don't even know if I'm sure there's something by him that I could probably find. But his favorite dish was always pho or pho. Yeah, um, pho. Yeah, Got it. he was uh, he was a huge um, proponent of of anything from from Vietnam and. It was a Vietnamese, like it was like Hanoi Pho, which was just, uh, it was the episode with him and Barack Obama where he ran into Barack Obama overseas and they sat down in a, uh, uh, a little faux shop. Like it was, it, it was like a plastic spoons, uh, milk crate seats kind of joint. And just the, the sounds of the kitchen, the the sounds of the street, the sound like you could smell. This is what I was talking about earlier, where you can smell things through the screen, and you could smell that bowl that they were eating yeah. from. And it was, I've always wanted to try because I'm a huge fan. Like we have so many joints around here that that serve it that serve it so well, and I've always wanted to try to to make it from scratch. Where like even the broth, like making a bone broth and doing like the steps that you, that are you need to do to to get to that. And I think if I could do it any sort of justice, um, it would be a, a bit of a you know a thumbs up for for old Tony and uh, mm-hmm. you know and just knowing that uh, that he he it was just I'm just another guy, just another person that that he actually. He, he touched with that that enthusiasm. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Watch out on crier.co. Um, maybe we'll do that this spring. Uh, it's a good, good hot uh, meal for cold days. So February's coming. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's warm it up with some pho. Hope you're drifting off, friends. That's uh, the Dude Did Will Sunday Night Storytime. A story about Anthony Bourdain brought to us from my guest, Ryan, of The Lens Report. He's also the food and beverage director, writer. Any other title you want to throw in there? Um, a co-host. Podcast. They actually, if you look at my bio on the website, they called me the Swiss Army Knife of the network. There so, you go. Technical producer, creative writer. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> just kind of do everything here so uh but food and beverage is my my passion that's what i do that's what tony did and uh i will keep going with nice. it uh and yeah and thanks make for sure having me in. oh anytime sunday night story time on the crier media network wraps for another night and now i'm hungry night night friends hi this is gilbert godfrey <laughs> i had to they're awake now thanks <laughs> thanks pal Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.